Hello everyone, welcome to today's Hope Is Here episode. My name is Rhonda, and this episode is about one of my very favorite heroes in the Bible. Her name is Abigail. She was courageous, she was full of wisdom, and she carried a peacemaking gift. If there was a testimony from God's word that would encourage us to not fear what could be just around the corner, what could be coming next, it's this one. Abigail lived with a man, her husband, who pretty much had his entire household wondering what's next. Hear how Abigail confronted her circumstances head on because she knew the plans of God and she knew of God's goodness. I have a question for you. Do you feel like you have this heaviness over you that for some reason you think that just around the corner is another bad thing that's going to happen? Well, you're in pretty good company. There's a lot of us out there that are thinking what could happen next. You know, this is not the mindset that our Heavenly Father wants us to have. He actually tells us in Philippians chapter 4 that He wants us to be thinking and meditating only on good things. Only on good things. Things that are virtuous, things that are truthful, things that are of good report. Why does he tell us that? Well, a couple reasons. One, it's actually beneficial for our health because everything that we put in our mind eventually affects our body. It's the way we were created. Second, he just doesn't want us thinking on those bad things. He believes there's no reason for us to do that. When we know Him as a good Heavenly Father, there should be no reason for us to have any kind of worry or concern. In that same chapter, chapter 4 of Philippians, Paul starts out by saying, do not be anxious for anything, like nothing. And in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus even says, He says in verse uh, 27, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? In other words, (laughs) worrying about something can't make you grow in height. In other words, it's just impossible for worry to be the solution for anything. Worry is never a solution. Knowing your Heavenly Father, knowing what His Word says, brings solutions. I want you to think about this. If God is not in our time realm, right? We, we're, we're, in this, we're in this time realm and He's not. He's, he's outside of the time realm and He is all-knowing. He knows the beginning and the end and everything in between. He already knows what's going to happen. He knows what's going to happen in your tomorrow, in your next week, in your next month. And he has a solution for it. Why would he not have a solution for it? Why would he not want to give us the wisdom and the solution to solve problems? Just that truth right there should help us re-navigate, should help us get away from the pathway that takes us to that thought process of that false narrative that something bad's always going to happen and re-navigate us into a, a pathway where we're directed to trust God for solutions to our problems, to trust God to download wisdom to us when we need it. There's a beautiful picture of this scenario in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 25. Now, Abigail was married to a man named Nabal and Nabal actually means fool. That's what his name means. You'll know why in just a second. <laughs> and there was a time where King David, before he was actually king, he had been anointed to be king, but he wasn't king yet. He was actually with all of his mighty men and they were in an area uh, next to where Nabal lives and uh, Nabal's servants were out uh, taking care of the flock. 
And while they were there, David and his mighty men rested around that same site. Well, when they were there, the servants obviously knew um, the reputation that David had. Within that reputation brought protection to Nabal's servants. So no thieves came to steal the animals and no harm came to the servants or the animals. They were protected all the time. Well, when it came time for Nabal to start shearing his sheep, David knew this was going on and him and his mighty men were hungry, right? So David sends word to Nabal and he says, I know you're shearing your sheep and um, I just wanna let you know that there was a time that me and uh, my soldiers, you know, were kind of gathered around your servants and when we made sure they were protected and no harm came to them or nothing was stolen and, uh, and now we're kind of getting hungry, maybe you could give us some food. So Nabal responds kind of selfishly and sarcastically and he's like, who is this David anyway? I mean, why do I owe him anything? And he refuses to help David out. And while the messenger comes back and tells David what's going on, David's like, okay, everybody pick up your swords. We're gonna take off and we're just gonna make sure that we just take out this guy and his entire household. So the servant of Nabal runs to Abigail and says, look, I gotta tell you what just happened. David sent word and he needed some food uh, for him and his soldiers. And you know they were at one point protecting us and Nabal's like pretty much laughing at him and doesn't wanna help him at all. And now I fear for our lives. Now I believe this wasn't the first rodeo Abigail's been to with her husband. <laughs> I believe because his name means fool, she probably had to solve a lot of problems that her husband created. Do you think even Abigail could have probably had the same mindset? Like, oh no, I'm just expecting something bad to happen again. Something bad to just come right around the corner. So maybe it's not a marriage, but maybe it's a, um, a friendship or maybe it's uh, a neighbor of yours or maybe it's a coworker you have or, or your boss. Maybe it's a situation that rose up where you have had previous conflicts or maybe it's just the worldly circumstances. That's enough trauma right there. And maybe that's kind of set the narrative for your mindset to always believe that another bad thing's coming around the corner. So let's find out what Abigail did. Like I said before, I don't think this was the first time this has happened with Abigail. I'm sure that she's probably had to come up with solutions before. She begins to call her servants and load up these animals filled with food, all sorts of food. It was like a Thanksgiving Day feast on steroids. And she sends her servants ahead and she's like, here's the plan. David's probably on his way here with his men. I want you to load these animals up. I want you to send all this food out to meet him. I'm coming right behind you. And she meets David, and when she meets up with him, she falls on her knees, and she says, oh, I'm gonna take the blame for this. Forgive me, let me explain to you what my husband's like. His name even means fool, but I'm giving you this food, and I know who you are. And she begins to speak into David's life. She begins to remind David that she had heard the stories about him. She had heard that he had used a slingshot to take down a giant. She had heard that he was anointed to be king. And she starts encouraging him, and she starts to tell him, I don't think you really wanna do this. I don't think you wanna come and shed all this blood. I know my husband's a fool, but I also know that God has called you to be a king over Israel. She ended with asking David the question, would you just remember me when all this is resolved? Would you remember me? Well, the wisdom of Abigail kicks in again, and she waits for the right time to tell her husband exactly what she did, how she took the food out to David. And as she explained this to her husband, he ends up having a stroke. That's what the Bible interprets it as, and he ends up dying. Guess what David does? 
David comes and calls for her to be his wife. You gotta love a good love story, right? So here's the thing with Abigail. She was not just a peacemaker, and that was huge. She carried wisdom. She had solutions for problems that came her way. And according to the dialogue that she has with David, I mean, she acknowledged God. She acknowledged who he was and how he called David to be who he was called to be. When I read about stories like this, I always like to picture the scene in heaven when all this is unfolding. Because remember, you know, this is, this is a hard thing to wrap your mind around, but God, again, is not in our time realm. But I just try to picture what it would look like if he was looking down at the scene taking place and what he would say about Abigail after Nabal makes that poor judgment and not feeding David. I can just imagine him looking over at his son Jesus and maybe even declaring to the angels, watch my little girl down there. Watch Abigail. I've given wisdom to her. She's a peacemaker. I just know enough of God's heart by reading his word that that's what I feel is in God's heart. That's what I feel that he, he sees about us and he, and he longs for us to see in ourselves. So when our mind starts to travel down that pathway of that foreboding thought of, uh-oh, what's coming around the corner again, we can actually renew our mind that moment. I hope this encouraging word helps you to change your perspective on things. I hope it actually puts you in a place where you become very intentional about changing your mind, about changing your thought process. His word never changes. He is the same from Genesis to Revelation. And so when we get to know his character and his heart and how he feels about us, it will just help us understand him better. And then eventually it will restore our peace, it will restore our joy, and it will restore our hope. I pray this blesses you today. He adores you. Wow, you just got to admire Abigail. And in the end, she got to marry the man who is going to be the next king of Israel. Look, I know life isn't always rainbows and ponies, but the one thing that you can always count on is God's promise and God's solution in the midst of any circumstance. We just have to take the time to get to know Him. So instead of worrying or being fearful about what's just around the corner or what's coming next, Friends, we can keep our hopes up. Thank you.